Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. All thunder as a thunderstorm erupts this afternoon in Orlando under the NBA bubble. And Oklahoma City grabs a decisive 110-94 route of the Utah Jazz. It was over in the first quarter, PK. I know NBA games aren't normally over in the first quarter, but man, the Jazz were down 14 after a quarter, and it was just going to get worse from there. 24 at the half, 29 at the third, or 29 in the third. They didn't answer the bell, and it wasn't close. So Yogi Berra was wrong then. That's what you're telling me. It ain't over till it's over. It just happened to be over much earlier yeah. than that. Or do you go the Lenny Kravitz song? It ain't over till it's over. Which do you prefer, Yogi or Lenny? Yeah, I'm more Yogi. In this case, though. Uh, I think you need to broaden your horizons. In this case, it, it was it was Over. Over. It was a bad game, man. They didn't play well at all, start to finish. I have my concerns. I'm, I'm concerned about them more now than I was uh, certainly at this time last week, at this time last Saturday. And then Saturday, man, it was just awful. And now I'm having conversations with some people and wondering what's up and just how good this team is. Jazz are back in action tonight against the Lakers. They can show us how good they are. They can answer the bell. You know, all that Jerry Sloan, what are you made of stuff? Or they could get thumped again and just continue to confirm what we saw on Saturday. Well, they made of what they're made of. I mean, that's what it is. Do they have enough talent? You can do all that boxing and whatever analogy you want, but talent wins, and do they have enough talent? Lakers have a ton of it, obviously. 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN. The Zone Sports Network's coverage begins at 6 o'clock with the pregame show. DJ and BK. Hashtag NBA. That will do it for a wild bubble afternoon as the Celtics survive a furious onslaught. A 76-point second half for the Blazers. The Celtics will get their 44th win of the year and move another step closer to the three seed. The final score, Boston 128, Portland 124. Portland with a furious rally there, but Boston holds on. They are uh, sitting third in the East. It'll be interesting to see what they do when they get to the playoffs and presumably run into Toronto in the second round. But for one for one game, that was pretty crazy, pretty wild as Portland got down big and then came back. And Damian Lillard, with it seemed like every Celtic in the building rushing him, threw the ball underneath for two instead of three with about seven seconds left. They didn't have a timeout, so they couldn't advance the ball after they fouled and got it back. So that was a problem, but... What are you going to do, PK? You got three guys rushing at you. Yeah, you probably should have found a teammate behind the three-point line, but should have got down by 24 either. Yeah, I took from this game, obviously the Blazers lost, but Nurkic being back, he had a massive game. Yeah. I think 39-5, and five, and that's a real good sign for him because we know he hasn't played in a good long while. And with him back, we saw with him before, Portland made a pretty good playoff run. So... What will they do now? This is just one game they lost. I get it. 
uh, but getting Nurkic back is just gigantic. They've got a chance to get into that playoff series. They are uh, two and a half games by Memphis. They need to be within four, but they also need to be ninth, and currently they are tenth. But I guess what I took away from it is uh, we're all expecting the Warriors to bounce back, or at least I am, and be at, at least, at minimum, a top four team in the West next year. And the Blazers ought to bounce back and be in the playoff picture next year, too. So the West, which is already really good, looks like it just ought to be getting better. Yeah, I was talking about next year. I wasn't talking about next week. Looking for them to see what they could do next year. And the Rockets beat the Bucks 120 to 116. Hang around, PK, and then be really good at the end. They were down eight in the final three minutes. Usually you're beaten at that point, but the Rockets weren't. Westbrook had 31 to lead the team. The Rockets come back and beat the Bucks 120 to 116. And so now as we overanalyze everything in a small sample of games, how good is Milwaukee? And holy cow, how good is Houston? Well, Houston, the thing that impressed me down the end, their defense was just stunningly good. You know, they have D'Antoni's always had that knock, and, and Houston has had that knock. Harden was playing straight-up good defense. I was very, very impressed the last couple minutes. That game was last night, on uh, Sunday night, and it was an outstanding defensive effort at the end, man. Milwaukee was just tripping over all over themselves. They were throwing the ball away. They hard, had a hard time getting good shots. And a lot of it was because of what the Rockets were doing defensively. So I really have to tip my cap for them. When it came down to it, they played some great defense. And then the other night, before that, the Rockets, what were they down seven with 45 seconds to go to Dallas? And they found mm-hmm. a way to win that game. They got a lot of firepower. And I know Russell Westbrook may not be the most efficient in ball usage. I don't care about that stuff. I'm a basketball fan. I'm not a front office person. I just like watching him and Harden play because they entertain me. Well, Houston has now moved into a tie for fourth with the Jazz. They'd be four and five and meeting in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. But the Rockets still have uh, just a game behind the Nuggets and they're three behind the Clippers. That seems like a long way to go, but... They might be able to get to third. We'll see how they do going forward. The Mavericks are in the uh, race trying to, uh, at seven, trying to get to six, but it looks like they might be settling into seven. They got beat again, this time by the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker scored 30 in the win for Phoenix, but he also got in foul trouble. And when he sat down, the Suns were still able to go on a run. And uh, Luka Doncic, I thought when he drove to the hoop late in the game, he had a chance there for a big bucket, but he kicked it back outside. That surprised me a little bit. Well, he's young. Mavericks really just have two big-time players, and they need to get better. Their future their future is ahead of them. How about that, to, mm-hmm. to be obvious? And Phoenix, I would love to see a stat anytime Ricky Rubio scores 20 points. It, it, before Memphis, uh, Jazz, and now obviously with Phoenix. Because if he could score the ball in addition to what else he does, that just makes his team pretty good from what we saw here. I don't watch the Suns a lot, but from what we saw the last two years in Salt Lake, Obviously, when he was able to do that, that was that's always been the bugaboo with him. But you know, you speak of Booker having the foul trouble. Well, Rubio came up big in that game. Pelicans rookie Zion Williamson says uh, it's tough for him on this minutes limitation he's facing. His quote: "It's very tough to be honest because as soon as I start to break that sweat, I look over the horns for me and have to come out of the game. And also, when I do catch the flow of the game, like I said, that horn goes off, and it's for me. Pelicans right now." Game and a half behind the ninth place Spurs. Gonna be they, they could make it, but it looks like it's gonna be hard. I know everybody wants to see Zion, but it looks like it's gonna be hard for them. 
as long as he's on this minutes restriction to get to the yeah, I don't understand what they're doing here. It's a 20-year-old kid, and, and he can play 15 minutes a game, and then he's got to watch. DJ and PK. As Kendrick, oh. Perkins, as Kendrick Perkins said, let the bear out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I respect all the players on our team. We all have to make decisions and talk to those guys, and they explain their situation, and they had to make the decision that was best for them, and I totally respect and support it 100%. What's more surprising? Eight Patriots have opted out. A ninth one, longtime captain Devin McCourty, ripping the NFL for attempting to move the deadline in which players can opt out. Or Bill Belichick in a press conference speaking civilly in complete sentences. Which one surprised you more? I'll go with C. Oh, I think Belichick does that. Uh, but particularly when you talk to Belichick about issues rather than a specific what's your game plan and why'd you lose this ball game. Uh, to me, the opting out is just like the national anthem. If you don't want to kneel, don't. It really it, it infuriates me that I have to know the names of each player and coach who doesn't kneel. That's what we've come to. If it's a story if you don't kneel. I think that's a load of crap. And same thing here with the players who opt out. If that's what you want to do, then do it. It reminds me of the missions with the BYU players and obviously some other teams, but mostly with BYU. If you don't want to go, don't go. It's your personal choice. I don't care either way, and I got to support you either way for that matter. Eagles coach Doug Peterson has tested positive. The team announced last night he's asymptomatic. He's doing well. And we got no preseason games in August, PK, so uh, he's in self-quarantine. He can communicate with the team's uh, medical staff. And the games don't happen until September, so uh, plenty of time for him to get back. DJ and PK. I respect all the players on our team. We all have to make it. We know that, Bill. Hashtag college football. Well, all kinds of off-the-field news for college sports, PK. There were stories this weekend about the Power Five maybe leaving the NCAA. Then you got a story about the group of Pac-12 football players, which apparently numbers as much as uh, 400 now, supporting the cause. There were multiple letters penned a letter in the Players' Tribune threatening to opt out of fall camp and game participation, lesser demands for fair treatment, safety regulations, and concerns over racial justice for college athletes are, are met by the conference. So you got all of that. And you also had SEC football players raising concerns about the upcoming football season during a conference call with officials of the uh, conference and the medical advisory board. Audio obtained by the Washington Post. So it's out there. You think the the NCAA and Pac-12 news cancel each other out? As long as the Power 5 stays in the NCAA, the Pac-12 can look at the athletes and shrug and go, well, we can't do this because the NCAA rules. If they bolt from the NCAA, then they could do this. I don't think they will, but they could. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna pass the buck. And four hundred, there could be five thousand of them. Uh, but if you don't boycott, then what is your support? So just because, yeah, I support it. I support their right to do it too. But that doesn't mean that they're gonna, they're gonna get what with, they want. Yeah. I mean, the, the sharing revenue. Yeah, good luck on that, man. I mean, maybe you need to just overhaul the deal. And how about if it's going to be a job? and it reflects the real world, then, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Let's go. And let's have that. And the 
backup center, you know, what are you going to make and what's the quarterback going to make and do we do we do we do away with scholarships and just pay them? Pay them the going rate. And they want uh, administrators and coaches salaries to be cut. Great. I want all the people who are above me to have their salaries cut too. <laughs> this is this is part of the real world. <laughs> you great. <laughs> I, I, I laugh on, well, the coach makes and you make. Well, yeah. People who own me, we're, they make billions. I don't get anywhere near that. Let, let, let's get a start. Let's have it. Let's have it be the real world. That'd be awesome. Uh, and, and then let's pay them what they're worth. Stop with the scholarships and let's pay them what they're worth. And let's have it. Everybody's not worth the same. Pretty sure uh, we make more than the producer makes. And. That's the way it goes. I would love to see it. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that, though. What are we going to see? I don't think they're going to get the demands on the money. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, this is a a tough year when they're already looking at budget cuts to think that they're going to agree to uh, spend more money. Uh, I just don't see it happening. And I think when push comes to shove, the players will keep playing. Now, of course, depending on the health of every market, maybe we'll just have no games at all. How can you have a boycott if there's no games anyway? But that's still but that's still almost two months out. So I'd, well, I'd be surprised. Issues, everyone is concerned about yeah. them. I mean, that's just obvious. So you concede on a couple points and not on the others, and you got a deal, and then there you go. Of course, everyone wants the utmost safety. Who doesn't? DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Here's all. Swing and a liner to the left. It doesn't even need to get high. Adios, amigo. Five home runs in five straight games. Aaron Judge just plants one into the left field seats. A line shot. And the Yankees take the lead three to two. Aaron Judge homering in five straight games. He actually hit two yesterday, and the Yankees needed both of them as they outslugged the Red Sox 9-7. So he's the first Yankee to homer in five straight games since Alex Rodriguez in 2007. He's got six home runs in the first eight games. He is crushing a PK. He is a hitting machine. A slugging machine. When I went to NAU for a couple years in the... They opened the dome that they have now. This is actually literally my first year when they opened the dome. And they had this massive, down at the, uh, I think it was the north end zone, this massive lumberjack. It seemed like it was like 20 feet, 20 feet tall as a uh, symbol, you know, because they're the NAU lumberjacks. And every time I look at Judge do his thing, it reminds me of that lumberjack. He just looks so bigger and stronger than everybody. And it looks like he could just mash the ball, which is exactly what he's doing right now. Clayton Kershaw is back, baby. All right, he's on a Zion Williamson kind of limit. You can't just turn him loose and let him go out there and throw 150 pitches. So he went five and two-thirds innings. The PK went five and two-thirds shutout innings. Diamondbacks get beat by the Dodgers 3-0. It's all the Dodgers need is more pitching, right? Well, actually, they do. This is the regular season. Uh, so good good on him for doing what he did, but he's got to do it in the postseason. 
Dodgers off to a seven and three start, and now they got uh, they got him back too. Uh, Reds swept the Tigers in a doubleheader, notable because it was seven inning doubleheaders. But with everything else going on, I didn't hear any complaints about seven inning doubleheaders. PK. I mean, the rules are the same for everybody. So what difference does it make? Giannis Cespedes didn't show up for the team's game. Everybody was worried for a little bit. Then it turns out he's opted out, just packed up and left. Says it's COVID-19 related. Atlanta won the game 4-0. The Mets are off to a brutal start. This is just a bizarro story and a weird year and what looks like a bad season for the Mets. Bummer. Shohei Otani, discomfort in his throwing arm. Got out of the first inning. Didn't get out of the second, though. Angels ended up losing to the Astros 6-5 in 11 innings. Think this is going to work, or at some point, is he just going to be a DH or an outfielder? Uh, I don't know what his skills are in the outfield. I've never seen him play in the outfield, so I can't answer that. Uh, But, yeah, you've had an arm trouble now twice already significantly, so it looks like it's trending towards the DH. DJ and PK. Golf. Golf. Justin Thomas gets it done, wins the uh, World Golf Championship event, the St. Jude, and he's now got 13 tour wins at a very young age. Is he the guy? We keep asking this every time. Is he the guy? 13 wins at 27. Tiger got there at a younger age. And if somebody else was a Jack, I think. Yeah, he's like third youngest to get to 13 wins. Now, when I look at Justin Thomas, it really just irritates me. Why is that? I'm okay with Kepka and DeChambeau and Phil and Tiger hitting it 385 yards. But it really bugs me when Justin Thomas does it. Because he's not a big guy? Because he's your size? He's way smaller. Yeah, it bugs me when Justin Thomas does it. Gets under my skin. I can handle everybody else, but not him. Put Finau on that list, too. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up. Talk college football. Dennis Dodd, national college football writer for CBSSports.com, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9 o'clock. Get your reaction to the jazz and the loss. We will do that next. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Gail Miller with us here on The Big Show. Gail, I remember a conversation I had with you once, and I asked you about winning a championship, and that's your intention, is it not? With 30 teams in the NBA, there can only be one champion, but I think every 30 years you ought to have one. (laughs) It's our turn, and I think we've built up to it. We understand what it takes. We've put everything in place for it. We've given them all the tools they need, brought in the players that I think can do it. There's no reason why we can't have that expectation. Now, I don't know the It'll come this year, but I do believe we'll get there. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. So the Jazz get thumped Saturday afternoon by Oklahoma City. The question's up on Facebook all weekend. What's your reaction? What do you think? Kevin, is it basketball season? Kevin was up at the lake wakeboarding, PK. He didn't even know it's basketball season. Did you just make that up? He says, is it basketball season? I'm just guessing what he was doing if it's summer. You know, wakeboarding at the lake. Right, yeah, well, I think they're... I think there might be some, uh, I'm disgusted with the social activism stuff going on there. We have some of those quotes here. Uh, Frank, I hope they don't win again until they stand. I know your mind is pure. Yeah. Hope they don't win again until they stand for the national anthem. Then give the money they get from China back. There's a social activism comment of the morning. Uh, A lot of people are on to that, yeah. Go ahead. Well, that, that's it, yeah. Oh, okay. A lot of people are still involved in that. Sal says, uh, fart noises. He's just disgusted, so, yeah, fart noises. Kendall says, it's just what Utah's quarterback said it was. Quote that goes for that game is, just so poo-poo. They were Saturday. Rusty says the Jazz got spanked like a kid taken out to the woodshed. It really was complete and thorough. Jeff says they're overrated. They're an eight-seeded. Yeah, I can't best. argue that. Yeah, Jeff says overrated, eight-seeded. Uh, I don't think they're uh... swept in the first round. Gobert and Mitchell feud. Jazz management decide on Donovan trade Gobert. Jazz hover around eight seed for several years. Donovan gets fed up and signs with another team, and the Jazz languish in mediocrity. Man, Jeff, it's all over. That's about as negative as it can possibly be. Uh, I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that uh, being that that degree. Um, they lack some talent right now. Um, there's just no doubt about it. And the, the talent that they're putting out on the floor isn't near good enough to compete in the postseason. They're going to have to get better. And obviously, here with these guys, it's going to have to come from within. You're not adding guys at any time, so. They've got to find ways to 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 improve. Because right now, the, particularly the guys coming off the bench, outside of Clarkson and to an extent Bradley, and Moody and Yang have not been doing a whole lot. That's very positive. And you know those two are taking up the bulk of the minutes for Bogdanovich. Right now, after just two games, and it is just that. In this restart, uh, Bogdanovich's loss is far more impactful than I anticipated, uh, and we'll see what tonight brings. You know, I, I don't. To, to me, the Lakers—they don't look like a team that's going to win the title. Myself, I don't. I don't see it. I, I could be wrong. I mean, they just have to have huge games from their two stars, and then everybody else is just a bunch of role players that just don't look like. Uh, they really, except for Kuzma. If Kuzma can do well, 
Uh, he's their third option. I know he's coming off the bench, but that I don't care about that. Uh, if he plays well, and by well, it's obviously if he makes baskets, then that really helps them out. So I think the Lakers, for the number one seed, boy, they might be as flawed as the number one seed presently constituted as I've seen in a while. Uh, and I know they beat the Clippers the other night, but the Clippers didn't have all their guys. To me, the Clippers look like the favorite. See how it plays out. But the Jazz, they need some guys who haven't been given that much to start playing and doing what they're supposed to be doing because they just they don't have enough guys to fill the minutes, the, money, the minutes that you need in uh, your NBA rotations. I think they're going to shoot the three any better because in these first two games, 8 of 31 and 8 of 34, those are really low numbers. Those are mid to low 20, you know, 23%, 25%. That's, right. that, that's yeah. just not even close to what they need, nor is it even close to what we saw from them. So as much as they've looked outclassed at times, you know, you get points for making shots, and if you make shots... You get on a little roll, you feel better about yourself, you play harder, you know, all the other stuff. Uh, and their, their three-point shooting just hasn't been close to what we expect. And obviously, I've said this multiple times, you know, when shooting's this important and Bogdanovich is this good at shooting, especially at three-point shooting, and I just don't think you're going to wave a wand and make up for it. But nor do I think they need to go eight for 34. Well, if they do, they're going to lose. That's just a fact. I mean, they can beat a New Orleans team, which is okay at best. And if you're continuing to put Zion Williamson and treat him as if he's a made of glass, a glass and yeah. it's going to break at any time, you're, you're probably not going to have very many wins. And I think the New Orleans is 0-2. And they continue to barely play Williamson. I'm not sure what they're saving him for, but uh, nevertheless, that's what they do. So you ought to be able to beat those guys, and you did. It came down the last second, obviously. Uh, here, for the Jazz, I suspect that they're going to shoot better because they've got better shooters than what the numbers indicate. And they got to start. If they continue to shoot in the 20s from the three against the Lakers, then they're probably going to lose. Uh, so the ball needs to go into the basket. We can make this game as difficult as can be. And you can analyze it and numbers it out. The ball's got to go in a basket more from behind that line, particularly since they are willing to jack them up as many times as they are. And with that in mind, that's what, that's the philosophy they're going to have, and I don't really see it changing. Uh, the ball's got to go in. It, it's going to come down to that. And defensively, that's another story, uh, but we're talking about offensively, and you brought up the three-pointer. That's what you highlighted, so that's what we're sticking to right now. Yeah. They've got to shoot it better, and I have to believe that they will. I can't guarantee you anything. I don't have a high level of confidence, but as Matt Harpring said, the law of numbers. The law of numbers would <laughs> would indicate that the ball's going to go in the basket more. I believe it will. I don't know if it's tonight, but I believe it will. I don't think through these. Uh, what do they got? They got uh, ten more games. They're guaranteed. And, and every time in these 10 games that they shoot in the 20s from the three, I would venture to say their probability of losing is probably about 75%. So we'll see if they can get closer to how close they can get collectively to 40%. Because then the chances are 
winning go up much higher. Simple as that. Now, there's other factors in the game. I understand it's not exclusively that, but this is what we're talking about right now. Make a few shots. At least you hang around, put some pressure on the other guys. I mean, that was really easy for the Thunder. You know, you, you got that big a lead. You, you, don't, you don't sweat mistakes. Oh, yeah. You don't sweat a bad possession or two. Whereas if you get someone in a tight game, Really, if you go back, and obviously the Thunder roster has changed quite a bit since they met in the playoffs, but when you go back, you know, you get them in a tight game, you get them in a tight series, you put some pressure on them, maybe they make some mistakes, it starts to snowball, but man, they, they were just playing free and easy. The game just looked really easy for them as they stretched that lead to 24 at the half and just buried the Jazz. So if you're making three or four more threes in that first quarter, you don't get down by 15. I mean, try to make a game of it at least. Yeah, they did not do that whatsoever. Oklahoma City's talent looked far superior, and they looked like they had guys that uh, when the Jazz were out of guys, Oklahoma City's looked like they had two or three more that they could plug in there and get production from. And they're a really good team, I think. Uh, to, to, to me, uh, Coach of the Year, I think it's a two-man race between Nurse over Toronto and Donovan. Because Donovan took a bunch of new guys and you, you look at their guys. I mean, they we talk about how the Jazz had to make adjustments because they had two significant players coming in there starting lineup. Well, off the top of my head, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder were putting three guys that were new starters out there. Uh, probably four. Uh, yeah, four. And yet they, they have remained competitive. And for one game against uh, the Jazz on Saturday, it looked way better substantially better than what the Jazz can put out there. And that, that, that was startling, the level of talent difference between the two teams. I mean, one team clearly was not in the same category. And we're just going on that 48 minutes that we saw Saturday afternoon. Uh, doesn't mean it has to be that way forever. But for now, that's the way it looked. And I, I can't say anything else. I mean, I can sugarcoat it and be a homer and all that stuff, but uh, people are going to tune the dial because they saw what they saw. And they saw the same thing we all saw. Steven says, it's still basketball. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Be thankful we have a great team to cheer for in Salt Lake City. That being said, this doesn't seem like the team that will take us to a championship. Right. I think most people already knew that. I think for most people, the question is, could they get a good draw in the first round, be playing well, and then win a tough series? You know, the, the West is too good. No matter who you get, it can be a difficult series. But can you find a way to grind one out? in, what, six games like they did against Oklahoma City a couple of years ago, or in seven games like they did against the Clippers three years ago with obviously a really different team, but still that kind of series. That seemed to me to be the hope for this year. But that looks a long way away based on what we saw Saturday. I don't eliminate it, yeah, right now. But if you're going to go on Saturday, it doesn't <laughs> look like it's even remotely possible. If they, if you, your last part of your, what you just said, based on what we saw Saturday, they got zero chance. If, if we're basing on what we saw Saturday, they got no chance at all. Absolutely none. I would, I would venture to say they would be hard pressed to win two games. If, if what they, what we saw on Saturday is the product that they represent on in the postseason. Now I've got to believe that they're going to get better than that, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out not just hope because I'm not a big hope guy, and I don't have a lot of faith. Uh, it's more than that. It's going to be 
that what I saw over the course of 65 individually, guys can be better. I mean, nobody, nobody really played worth a crap on Saturday. I can't single out anybody and say, wow, you know, he did, he did well. This guy over here didn't, but this guy over here did. I can't really say that. I thought it was a collective stinker. Tyler says they weren't contenders before the bubble, and they sure aren't contenders in the bubble. Yeah, well, if you're going for contending uh, for the championship. For what, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> contenders for the championship, you didn't say it, but when I hear contender, that's what I think. And I didn't I, think they were contenders. Based on, and, and it's a different team, though. Uh, 65 games, but that had Bogdanovich in there. It's interesting. You, you, you say you didn't think they were contenders before, so you didn't have um, the Rockets as contenders before. No, I thought the Lakers or the Clippers are coming out of the West. Yeah, the, the way the Rockets have looked, I would put the Rockets ahead of the Lakers. Right I'd now. agree. I'm second-guessing myself after the way the Rockets have looked, too. And if there was a team that seemed to benefit, I mean, they had a four-game losing streak, and a couple of games weren't even close to competitive before the uh, the break, and, you know, it was Harden wearing down already. So four months off, now Harden's fresh again, so did that streak, did it come at the best time possible for them? Now, I mean, <clears throat> having said all that, you know, they, they haven't played the Clippers and Lakers in back-to-back series yet. And that is going to be, that's going to be a big ask to get over that. Maybe they'll do it. You know, it's, it's uh, you hear in the playoffs, you know, the team with the best player wins the series. Well, Harden can be really good when he's on. You know, now can he be better than Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James in consecutive series? Because you could argue, you know, they've been knocked out of the Warriors by the Warriors, I think, I don't know, is it three times in five years? I'd have to look it up. It's a lot. They've run into the Warriors a lot. And, you know, that's a little bit of a, of a one-off there is, you know, especially in the Durant years, they had too many good players. You could be the best player, but their one, two, three are so good, you're still not winning that series. Now they took them to seven one year. I think they went out in five another. Um so you're right. If I'm wrong about the Lakers and Clippers, well, it's probably then because I yeah, it's because of the Rockets, right? Is there anybody else you think can beat the Lakers and Clippers in consecutive series? Even given the Lakers' flaws, which I'm totally on board with, and that, I mean, you pretty much said what I thought when you said it. You know, they they got two really good players, and after that, maybe Kuzma's on. But it seems like. Uh, you know, two guys have got to do the heavy lifting. And are two guys going to be able to do the heavy lifting for two months, especially when they start drawing the best teams in the league? It, it's, it's possible, but it seems like a big ask. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about that. I'm re- I was relating it to the Jazz and why we would consider one team a contender, why we wouldn't consider another team a contender when they played about the same amount of games. I was speaking how it related to the Jazz, not not how it relates to the... Well, I guess how it relates to the Jazz is the Jazz don't have one guy who can do what Harden can do. Night in and night out. Donovan might have a game like that, but you know Harden seems capable of rolling out 8 out of 10 like that. And I just don't think anybody else really does that. You know, other guys, other guys play at a high level and win at a high level, but they don't do it the way the Rockets do and the way Harden does. But yet the Jazz had a better record than them. Yeah, they did. And, and I really thought the Rockets were in disarray there and fading. 
before the break. You know, that it, it didn't look good. But, uh, you know, whether that's because guys were playing with injuries and we didn't know, or guys were, you know, the whole theory that Harden gets fried because he plays too many big minutes and carries too much of the load and doesn't have easy minutes when he's out there, whatever it is, it, you're right, it looks totally different. You know, two games of the Rockets right now, they've looked, they've looked great. It's a great it's comeback. just clearly aren't a contender right now. They're just not. Uh, it's the question of whether they be a contender next season when they get Bogdanovich back and they've had guys together and had some continuity for a year going into next season. That that That's the bigger question. Right now, it looks like they're one and done. Maybe we'll uh, change it by we'll get to the end of the week because they got four games this week. Maybe we'll think differently by the time we get to Saturday night. But right now, it looks like they're a one and done. Uh, then you have to look and go big picture. Will Because I assume they're going to bring back a large majority of the guys if not the entire rotation. I don't know that for sure. Clarkson's a free agent, blah, blah, blah. But we'll go on that assumption. And can they be a contender next season? I think that's the, that's, that's the biggest question out there right now. What type of change do they need to made, it, make in the offseason? Every time you have an offseason, you're looking to improve your team. So what would they do there? Because I doubt they're going to bring back everybody. Can they shore up a couple of places where they need some help? Uh, and I'm not willing to just toss them aside because until Bogdanovich went out and we had the break, they had a pretty decent season going and things were looking positively. Now, with him gone, that changes a lot, obviously. But I'm not going to just look at it and go next year, oh, they're, they're, they're a mediocre team. I don't see it because I just saw 65 games where they were pretty competitive. They had their moments where they were really good, and then they had their moments where they stunk. I mean, they got beat by Phoenix at home, if I remember correctly. That's completely and totally unacceptable. Uh, so they got. A, I, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm attributing to the level of inconsistency that they had at times this past season when the bulk of the season was played to the newness of the situation, and next year they won't have that. Mike Conley will know how to drive to the arena. He'll have that path down very, very good. <laughs> And all that stuff will be out the window. And so then what do you have as a product there? Well, we'll have to see how the rosters all shake out in the offseason, you know, and how they improve because there's, there's a, I think there's a pretty big gap between them and the top two teams, you know, in the West. And it's like we were talking about in the previous segment, Portland healthier should be better next year. Golden State should be a lot better next year. Now, that doesn't necessarily make either one of those teams championship contenders. What do the Lakers and Clippers do in the offseason? What about the Rockets? Uh, The Nuggets and the Jazz are both younger teams. Do they add a piece and have... You know, those younger players who are so important get better. I mean, primarily we're talking about Donovan Mitchell, right? Because Bogdanovich isn't that young, and Joe's not that young, and Conley's not young. So really talking about, does Donovan Mitchell get better? But how good your best player is matters a lot. And then do you add any pieces around it? player is and how good your third-place player is. Yeah, all that stuff matters. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. When we come back, you heard the news from the Pac-12 over the weekend. The players have some demands. What's going to happen now? We will get to that next. DJ and PK, Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com, is here at 8 o'clock. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9. Stay with us.
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's an open mic. Wish Hans a happy birthday day today. Hans, this is your mom and dad. Happy birthday to our baby Buffalo. Tatanka. Buffalo. Tatanka. Buffalo. Buff. Buffalo. 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 All we ever wanted for your first birthday was a shock collar and a restrictive fence. We didn't know what we had given birth to. Ma, you've been bad. I don't have a lot of requests on this show. <laughs> I really don't. But can we not cut up my mom's best wishes that turned out to not be the best of best wishes? Oh, happy birthday, my friend. Hard to top this one. Oh, yeah, it was great, man. Wow. Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Sorgate Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at SorgateNetworks.net. So what's going to happen now? we got some Pac-12 football players saying they won't practice or play unless their demands are met. Safety and health considerations, cash considerations. Sounds like it'll turn them into employees, basically. Uh, Pay cuts for administrators and coaches. Where's this going? Steve is an outlier here. He says, it sounds like the inmates are trying to run the prison. Doesn't sound healthy. My bet is the Pac-12 will fold like a lawn chair and give in. No backbone. He's the only one really willing to make a a, uh, a prediction here, and he thinks the Pac-12 is gonna is gonna give in. Most people were just providing advice, which ranged from uh, pull their scholarships to lose their scholarships to pull their scholarships. It's <laughs> pretty consistent theme. No negotiations. Drop the hammer. Well, I think Washington State's going to kick everybody off their team and uh, start over. That seems that uh, that's been a big uh, point of contention there. I, I think there's some stuff that uh, they can look at. The safety issues there, man. I can't see where anybody really disagrees with all that stuff. That that that's the big concern, and I think that people are 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 feeling. Uh, what would you say? How would you say it? They just know now's the time. You got some agenda item. Go ahead and now's the time. Go go protest over something. I mean, this is the season of protest, right? So these guys, they they they've got a little. I think they think they've got leverage. I don't know how much leverage they have. But with social media being what it is and the Players' Tribune being out there, they can have a voice. They have their moment. This is the time. And I don't think anybody's going to argue that, well, wait a second here. What's the safety issues? Is this the right thing? We need to pause. We need to think about it. We need to look at it. Uh, But the fact is, as far as safety, if there was no COVID, I can't guarantee that you won't have a uh, life-altering injury the first day of practice. (laughs) So... That really doesn't change. The whole idea of a third party uh, from the medical standpoint, I always thought that that was there. That the medical people, even if they're employed by the university, their oath is to the medicine. And so they're not going to put players out there in situations that's going to be compromising. Maybe I'm naive there, but that's what I always thought. So I always thought that the, well, once you have a doctor out on the field or a trainer, that's his or her job. 
So, yes, but I think you are being naive there because if you multiply that out over 100 doctors or 1,000 doctors, and many will, but we've heard, and this has come more out of the NFL than out of college. Well, we're talking about college. Right. But we've also heard that, you know, doctors feel pressure. You know, it's lucrative for a practice to be linked to a big-time team, whether that's NFL, but certainly in many towns, the college team is the biggest thing going and has the same impact. You know, obviously in Salt Lake City, we don't have a – in Columbus, right, Ohio State, doesn't, there's no NFL team. They are the team. So while some of those doctors will do everything you talk about ethically and morally – but not everyone will. I mean, we've seen doctors involved in really hideous stuff. Um, you know, USA Gymnastics, right? I mean, it's a, yikes, just brutal. So, yes, many of them will, but uh, some of them won't. And some of them will feel pressure, you know, and is there a gray area? And then do they push the kid or what do they do? So, I don't I, see it. I get why they want. A uh, you know someone who's completely outside, but there's also a lot of cash considerations in there as well, and uh, you know, I don't I, I don't think those are going to go pretty far. Especially, it is the time to protest, but it's not the right time to go ask for more money when there's going to be less money. I mean, certainly, you know, the money they're making off tickets and luxury suites is going to be impacted. Maybe they will play the games and and get all the TV money, uh, but there's there's still going to be a shortfall. All right, we bring all this up with Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com. He joins us next. Steve Cleveland at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.